pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 4 Podcast. This might be college football. Headline. These uh, games, especially the Rose Bowl, we don't want to completely forget the Sugar Bowl. Many of us, <laughs> we expected to be at the Sugar Bowl. Watching uh, Georgia get ready for uh, an attempt on a three-peat, but it didn't work out that way. Ross Dellinger is there. It's always great to uh, catch up with Ross here as our final guest of 2023. Ross, thank you. I, I think not only have you uh, our final guest, you might be our most uh, regularly uh, booked guest, so we appreciate that. Uh, Happy New Year, and tell us about New Orleans. <laughs> hey, Paul. Happy New Year, and, uh, and Merry Post-Christmas. Uh, New Orleans is uh, not changed. It's still uh, still the same. Uh, great city, great food, great drink, uh, terrible infrastructure, and potholes everywhere. Um, but uh, as far as the um, the bowl game, it's it's been uh, it's been a uh, it's been an interesting couple of days. Uh, I think the the highlight from interviews and such has been uh, not on the offensive firepower and quarterbacks of the two teams, but uh, has been about the lines. Um, we've had a little, little trash talking uh, between the Washington offensive line that won the Joe Moore award, you know, as the best offensive line in the country uh, and uh, the defensive front of Texas, which, you know, might be the best defensive front in the country. So that's kind of been like uh, the spotlight. Um, and, you know, Paul, this is probably – as lightly attended media wise as a, um, as a semifinal that I can recall. Um, and I, and I wonder if it's because, um, you know, the other semifinal includes right. Alabama and Michigan, right. Two pretty significant brands, uh, big, big brands. Uh, but it's been, yeah, it's been, it's been kind of interesting. It's been a little light, uh, media wise and, and a, a little, a little light, you might say on, on story, Storylines. It seems like a lot of the, a lot of the actions going out there in L.A. It, it does seem, Ross. It's just it's the uh, when you do it when you do these interviews. It's always like, oh, by the way, let me let me get your quick thoughts on who you. It, it's uh, it, there's no conviction with it, uh, but that that has happened before, you know, in in the CFP era. But in terms of just uh, the whole Texas story, uh, I'm really interested in that. Oklahoma lost last night to uh, an incoming Big 12 member, but uh, it is pretty remarkable, is it not, that in spite of all the criticism of Texas and everything that went with it, they, they mastered their, their final year in the Big 12. They did, yeah. It, um, you know, I, they beat Alabama, obviously, on the road in Tuscaloosa and beat them pretty bad. I think that was the um, first double-digit home loss of Nick Saban's tenure. Um, Steve Sarkeesian coming back and and uh, coming back to Tuscaloosa and winning that game, and you thought, oh man, this is a championship team. Uh, and you thought you saw how they played defensively and offensively all around. They just looked really good. Um, and then, man, uh, they they lose in Dallas. You know, a neutral field to an Oklahoma team that, um, while they got off to a, a fiery start, you know, then they lost two games in the regular season. Um, including Oklahoma State, uh, and, and then they lose, like you said, they, they lose their bowl game 
So you kind of wonder now, you know, you kind of wonder how good is Texas. We, we saw without Quinn Ewers, uh, them struggle, you know, guys, they almost lost the game to Houston, uh, at Houston earlier this year, a team that, um, fired its coach and didn't go to a bowl. So you, you kind of wonder, uh, there, there are, there are questions really with, with both of these teams, you know, um, there aren't a whole lot of questions with Michigan and I, and in, while there are, while this isn't probably Nick Saban's best team, right. Um, there, there aren't that many questions with Alabama, but you have two teams meeting here that I think have a lot of questions and doubts uh, from people. Uh, and, and, you know, we've been talking about Texas, but Washington as well, right? A Pac-12 team that um, has struggled in several wins, right? They, they struggled to beat Arizona, probably should have lost that game, uh, struggled to beat um, uh, Stanford, you know, a team with just a, a few wins. Uh, so, there's there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of doubts. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see these two teams go at it uh, Monday night. Ross, let me uh, jump ahead a little bit. Uh, well, everybody will turn their sights after Monday uh, to Houston, regardless of, of who the schools will be. There are so many major questions uh, facing college sports, and the NCAA convention always follows fairly closely uh, by what what are you looking for as uh, you turn the calendar next week and and the bowl games to take a breather for a couple of days when, when the real action starts yeah i mean i i think when you look at big picture nca issues this is this coming january is a pretty big month um after the championship game uh well, at that, I should say, let, let me start with at the championship game site, the CFP will meet. Um, they always do. CFP leaders will meet. They'll discuss the future. I would imagine there that they will approve what we, we've already reported earlier this month was approved by commissioners, but the CFP presidents will approve the the uh, move to a, um, a five plus seven um expanded playoff format going from a six plus six to a five plus seven in light of the Pac-12 situation. And they, they'll probably discuss at CFP meetings, a lot of other big picture stuff. Uh, but then after that, Paul, just three days after that, the NCAA convention starts in Phoenix. Um, and it's a pretty significant convention, uh, right? It's the first one that NCAA president Charlie Baker will preside over as president. Um, he came to the convention last year uh, as Mark Emmert was finishing up his tenure. But this will be the first one where, number one, he is the uh, the, the NCAA president. And number two, he, you know, it, it comes a month after he's proposed, um, you know, a, a model, a changed kind of radical model for college athletics. So there'll be a lot of talk there about that as well as the transfer policy. That is the latest NCAA legislation under attack um, by the uh, by the courts. And there will be, as we, we reported last week, it kind of got lost in the holiday shuffle, but uh, the NCAA Division One Board of Directors are uh, examining uh, the transfer policy in light of that court case. And I would imagine there will be changes coming. Um, and one of the big ones is they may completely eliminate the year in residency, which would allow unlimited transfers. Uh, that seems to be a possibility. Uh, 
but they are increasing, Paul, the academic requirements for transfers. Um, so it'll be interesting to follow that situation. Ross Dellinger. Uh, Ross, uh, in terms of the biggest story of last year, and that was NIL and the, the intersection with Congress. Uh, I know you, you, you live in Washington, D.C. When, you're, when you're not visiting your, your home, Louisiana uh, land. Uh, but what, what, what if anything has changed there and what's going to happen? Right. Uh, you know, yeah, it's it's um, who knows. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that, um, that, that just, you know, when you look at I'll branch out, you just look at the the bigger picture, Paul, of, of all of this. Um, you know, we're 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 heading toward massive change. And some some might have kind of say that um We've already had massive change the last few years in college athletics, but we're we're heading toward a an even bigger change down the line here. Um, whether it's athletes becoming employees or a revenue sharing model um, in college athletics that would, as Charlie Baker's proposal calls for, a new subdivision and grouping of teams that will be allowed to do more for college college athletes. Uh, but we, we're looking. We're, we're heading toward a model um, that separates the haves and have-nots in a way that we have never seen before. Great stuff, Ross Dellinger, joining us live from New Orleans, where he is covering the Sugar Bowl. We still have some time left. We'll get to your phone calls and a few other things before we wrap it up for 2023. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Have confetti? I guess it isn't, it isn't New Year's Eve, so uh, I keep forgetting that. Seems like it, though. It ought to be New Year's Eve. David is up next. Hello, David. Hey, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I, I called the other day, and um, I just wanted to thank all the callers for the thoughts and the prayers, condolences, and the loss of my mom. We went today and made arrangements, and we're going to be making uh, – well, we've been having her funeral Tuesday. Okay. But um, I, I did want to call and just touch on the uh, the, the playoff um, Texas, I think, is going to beat Washington thirty-one to seventeen. I think Bama's going to win forty-two to twenty-one, and then I think Bama's going to be the national champion. It's it, it's kind of funny. I believe it's uh, what the committee didn't want, and with it being twenty twenty-four, I think it'll be all right to welcome them. But going to have two SEC teams in the, in the final. <laughs> That's great. Well, David, all, all the all the best to you in the new year, and we appreciate uh, your your sharing your your personal tragedy with us, and uh, we are we are with you. Thank you very much for the call. Augie is in New Orleans. Augie, Augie roll time, roll, Paul Feinbaum. <laughs> I don't say it very often, Paul, or and mean it, but I got to pull for him, right? I mean, I have no choice. Well, you really do, but. Uh, well, I'm a traitor if I don't, right? I'm well, a traitor you just don't, to your what show, you, you, just don't ad, you, you don't admit it. Uh, you, you say you're pulling for them, but we all know who you're pulling for. <laughs> now, Paul, do you know if Michigan wins the game on a last-second field goal, do you think I will be A, apathetic, B, sad, or C, deep down, extremely happy? Deep down, extremely happy. Boy, Paul, I, and I heard some of the things you said about me when I didn't even call in about Augie and hanging up on him. But uh, let me ask you this question, and, and Happy New Year to you, Paul. Thank you. But these bowl games, they're absolutely horrendous, aren't they? Because we're seeing teams that didn't exist in the regular season playing in these bowl games. Yeah, I mean, What's the point you're of You're right about that, but I mean, we were watching the end of the Clemson-Kentucky game. and I mean, it was entertaining, but it was, it was basically street football. Well, look at what's happening. Notre Dame's playing Oregon State. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oregon State doesn't even have their quarterback. No, they don't have their coach. I mean, exactly. So you're seeing teams that have an advantage in these bowl games are teams that aren't that good but can keep their team because their players well, The really only aren't one who seems to be taking these bowl games seriously is Dabo Sweeney. I mean, he, he acted like he had just beaten Alabama <laughs> for the national championship. And he, he, he beat, what, about the ninth best team in the SEC? <laughs> That poor man. I mean, I had to feel sorry for him when he was on his knees, like answer, praying to God and thanking him for that win. But I got to tell you, the best bowl participant this year was that uh, Pop Tart character. Yeah, got to give mean, it to the Pop Tart. I think it's interesting because I, uh, I mean, I, I got a little bit weary of the of the mayo on everything Wednesday night, but the Pop Tart, <laughs> I can relate to Pop Tarts. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I like too. mayonnaise, but I do like Pop Tarts. Pop Tart. 
the, the Pop-Tart guy broke the internet yesterday. He did, but the one last year, the Cheez-It Bowl at LSU, oh, yeah, the yeah. Cheez-It mascot was pre- – it might be the same guy. you got to check that out, Paul. And well, the the dumbest thing the is that Tony the Tiger, I mean, pouring, <laughs> pouring Frosted Flake on somebody doesn't really work. No, that, 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 is, that isn't going to do it. But anyway, Paul, have a great trip. And you blew my wishes, Paul, when you said there was no way Brian Kelly was going to Michigan. Ah, I, I don't think so, hope, uh, because I, I, and by the way, I mean, as soon as I get on the plane in two hours, it, you know, that might, that story may leak, but I don't think it will. Cause I, I, maybe I know too much about Brian Kelly, but I know that he really likes it down there. His family likes it and oh, going into, going into a family and say, listen, oh. uh, I know we got our, our new house in, uh, on, on Rosemary beach. But we can keep it. I mean, I, I can shuttle back and forth between Ann Arbor and uh, Fort Walton Airport. That, that's not it's a big a deal. It's a cheap flight. There's no reason for him not to go. And, Paul, remember, we had this situation once when Les Miles was going to Michigan. Hey, all, he, all I say is if you, think, if, you, if you want a coaching change, just take a look at some of the coaches that may be available. Uh, I, I got a few for you. You're not going to like. Thank you for the call. Um, Gabe is up next in Kentucky. Hello, Gabe. Hello. Hey there. Hi. Um, today, I want to talk a little bit about FSU and okay. them making, not making it to the college playoffs. I yeah. personally think that they should not make it to the playoffs because I just do not think that they were as good as some of the teams in the playoffs like Alabama and Michigan. So today, I just wanted to see your thoughts about FSU not making it to the playoffs. Well, uh, I think you're 100% right about that, Gabe. And, and tomorrow will not be a good indicator, but <coughs> their, their big wins were against Louisville, uh, Clemson, which took a miraculous comeback today and some questionable coaching. Uh, I mean, they don't belong. And I'm, I'm, I, I, I so hope uh, after tomorrow we don't ever have to discuss that issue again. Thank you for the call. Josh is in Oklahoma. Hello, Josh. Hey, Paul, appreciate your time. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. So, Paul, I wanted to ask you, with all of Oklahoma's success in the Big 12 and now Texas with their resurgence coming back, who do you see having the greater success in the SEC? And then I kind of want to ask you, what's your top five for the hierarchy in the SEC over the next 10 years? Well, Josh, I, uh, without giving it any thought, I am going to put Texas and Oklahoma in that top five uh, because those programs are they, – they both have had I – mean, in spite of last night, I mean, Oklahoma and Texas have had very good seasons. Uh, I mean, there was doubt about Brent Venables, as you know. There's, no, there's not much doubt anymore. Uh, you, you hate to let a game or two get away, but that program looks real again after – uh, after a really tough season last year. And I think it is in considerably better shape than it was even under Lincoln Riley because uh, I, think we, we, I think we know a lot more about Lincoln Riley than we did. Um, te- Texas, yep. I think, is, is, is very dangerous. And uh, I, I mean, I, I, think Alabama, I, think, I really think it, no matter how you rank it, it's Alabama, Georgia, uh, Texas, and Oklahoma, and then who else uh, – who else is going to be a contender? Uh, I, I know who may be a contender next year, but the real question is who is going to be, which program is sustainable? 
LSU looks like that program just because of everything it, it has going for it. Uh, there are a lot of other possibilities, and it will be a great conversation here in the next few months. We take a, a break. We still have 35 minutes or so remaining here, and we'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back to let you know Illinois State and Kentucky. That is a fantastic game, and we'll have it for you next. Legend is up next. Hey, my black hat, brother. How you feeling, buddy? Legend, one of the final calls of the year. We feel great. Man, happy New Year's to you, Paul, and your whole staff. Man, I love you guys. Appreciate all you do for us throughout the year. Yeah, you're a real blessing to us, man. Happy New Year's. Thank Uh, you very much. Great year for you, man. You had a great year. Great year. Every time I turn on TV, you're on Get Up, you're on First Take. Ballin', baby. Ballin'. Paul, bye-bye. Ballin' out. I love it, baby. Thank you, man. Great year, man. Great year, brother. Hey, man, I keep hearing this talk about Nick Saban might ride off into the sunset. And uh, I just disagree with it totally, Paul. I don't know Nick Saban personally. Uh, I do have six fat heads in my house. Got one here in the living room looking at me right now, clapping his hands. Uh, I love the band. I thank God every day for the man. I read the day where you once said that Saturday is a holy day and that football is a religion. Uh, did you say that? Well, I said, that I said, said football is a religion and, and Saturday is the high holy day. Well, I guess that would make Nick Saban the Pope, wouldn't it? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. The Pope's only in charge of about 3 billion people. I don't know if that's really uh, quite fair to Coach Saban to, to put him in such well, a small crowd. Well, he's probably got 30 million, 30 million Alabama yeah, I mean, fans. I mean, you know, to be considered the, the, the vicar of Christ, I mean, is that enough for to describe Nick Saban? Well, I mean, I'm not trying to make anybody mad at anything. I was just making a joke of it, you know. But, uh, <laughs> I decided to make people mad. Yeah, make him bad, you know. Jim called out there, he'll call him the Pope, the Holy Man, you know. 
Hell, Nick Saban is a holy man. Just look at his life. He's a he's a true representative of God, the great things he's done in Tuscaloosa, man. But Paul, to me, like I said, I know him personally. You know him better than me. But I really think that Bear Bryant, you know, when, when he had – I guess he had to quit because of his health. But I just don't see Bear Bryant ever being a guy that would have went into retirement. And I just don't see Nick Saban as the guy just to go in retirement and sit out on the porch with Miss Terry and, and ride around in a boat, man. I think no. coaching is in his blood. I think it's something that he'll pro- probably, when Nick Saban coaches his last game, we'll be going to his funeral a couple months later. Well, I Legend, really you know that. that. I mean, Bryant only left because he was sick. Uh, he didn't leave yeah. because he was he was burned out. He was, he was very, very ill at the end. And uh, – I think I think you're right about that. I mean, I I, I don't. Nobody knows what's inside his head, but uh, I do know him well enough to say that he doesn't like doing anything other than coaching. Yeah, I think we ought to clone him. I think we ought to get a couple of little fellers and in, uh, in the cold storage, don't you think? <laughs> uh, it, it worked. It worked with Ted Williams, didn't it? Yeah, I think we ought to close Coach Saban, get a couple of the little fellas, you know, at the icebox put back, you know, and bring them up where we need them, you know. But, uh, man, I say this about this Alabama team and Michigan game. I talk a lot of trash, but I'd be happy with a one-point win, Paul. It's all about advancing right now, baby. It's not about style points. And these are the two winning this programs. These are two True blue blood programs right here, man. So, Legend, I, mean, I want to know this because we don't have we have a couple of minutes left here before we break. But uh, in about a minute or two, break this game down for us. Well, I really see the speed of Alabama being the difference in this game. You know, when you look at this Michigan team, their wideouts just don't scare me, Paul. But what does scare me about Michigan is they love to run them tight ends up the seam. I'm going to tell you something, Caleb Down and Aiden Key, they're really going to have to be on their top of their game to handle them Michigan tight ends. But if Alabama can turn Michigan into a one-dimensional team and the loss of Zach Mentor, their all-American offensive guard, I mean, that would be equivalent to Thomas Booker not being in the game for Alabama. That is a huge loss. Now, look, I heard somebody say either, uh, earlier that a Michigan was going to lean on Alabama. Right. You can't lean on Alabama. Alabama's just as big and badass as you are, Michigan. You can't lean on them. But I think the real key to this game is the fact that Alabama's got two top ten NFL draft cornerbacks in Arnold and McKendry. They're going to lock them receivers down. And I think Michigan's going to have no answer for Dallas Turner. That dude is an absolute beast. I call him another Derek Thomas. I call him in the same breath as the biscuit Cornelius Bennett. This guy's a Wilbur Marshall type player, and he is going to have a field day on them slow Michigan tackles. Legend, we only have a couple more seconds here, so give us the final score. All right, I got Alabama 34, Michigan 21, baby. We roll on to play Washington. You heard me, Texas. Washington. Love you, Paul. Road Tide. I'm locked into the Legend Cave. We about to do it, baby. Legend has left the building. Thank you, Legend. Uh, I realize a lot of you uh, may not have been with us earlier. Uh, Pretty good football game going on, and if you were, we we think you'll appreciate it again. But uh, as we hit this break, we're going to come back and revisit our first interview today, which I thought was pretty memorable. 
You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.